Now, I hope this thing don't act up this morning because I want you to hear what I got to say. You know, every once in a while I hear somebody say, turn it down a little bit, preacher. Well, if I didn't want you to hear me, I would, but I want you to hear me. Amen. You know what? And that's what you come for, isn't it? Amen. To hear. Uh, turn with me, to, if you would, to Psalms 23. I wish you would uh, keep in mind as we study this psalm this morning when it was written. It's very important. It was when David had sinned. He was down in the depths, I guess, of his bottom as low as a man could get, realizing that he had sinned against God. And he realized that the Lord is his shepherd. And as he began to uh, write this psalm, what a tremendous psalm it is. And I'd like to read it with you first of all, and then I'd like to take it verse by verse with you. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name this morning that you let me have the power of the Holy Spirit. Dear Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you'd forgive me my sins. You came me afresh and anew in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. Dear Lord, I ask you again, if there be somebody here today that's not saved, let this be the day they come to save in faith in Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll do these things for us, Lord, we'd be very careful to honor and praise you in it now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Every time I kneel to pray up here, I... I can't help but think, but the little boy was with his mom and looked up and see me and Neil said, Where'd he go, Ma? Where'd he go? I'm not leaving. I'm still here. I do have a very reverence so for prayer, don't you? A man came down to my house yesterday and he said, uh, I want you to pray for me, preacher. He said, I believe, I believe in this prayer thing. I got news for you, brother. It ain't a prayer thing. It's a worship in the Lord. Very important. Now this morning, Psalms 23. I suppose that this is the greatest comfort song in the uh, psalm in the Bible. Uh, if you, uh, I like Psalms 37 very much in troubled times. And I've had my share of them. But I've used Psalm 37 quite often in troubled times. And I... I count the word of the Lord very dear to my heart and I go to it many times when I need comfort. But this psalm, I suppose, is the greatest of all when it comes to comfort. More people memorize this psalm, I suppose, than any other part of Scripture. Many memorize it because I wonder 
but I wonder how many really know it in their heart. Now, to memorize is to have it in one's memory. To know it by heart is to know it a personal Savior that is spoke about here in these verses. There are 120 words contained in this 23rd Psalm. There are six short verses in this psalm. Just six short verses. Yet volumes of books have been written on the 23rd Psalm. Now there's at least five words of this 23rd Psalm that I'd like for you to see this morning. And I want to begin number one. The first part of it. The Lord is my shepherd. Just five little words. The Lord is my shepherd. Now I want to give you something. On those five words rests the rest of the psalm. Unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal shepherd, the rest of this psalm does not apply to you. You can't have it. Somebody said, but preacher, I need the comfort of the rest of this psalm. Not unless you have the shepherd first. You must have the shepherd before you can enjoy the rest of this psalm. And Jesus Christ is that shepherd. My shepherd, David said, David believed in a personal Lord. David had the assurance of salvation. Because of this assurance, the Lord is my shepherd. David could claim all the rest of the psalm then. Now, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior then, you can't claim any of the promises that's given here in this psalm. Now notice what it means. The, the Bible says in verse, verse 2, it says, uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now David, David knew about shepherding. He knew what it was to shepherd. Turn with me please to uh, 1 Samuel for just a moment. In 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17, I want to begin to read in verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. I went in after him, and smote him, and delivered out of his mouth. And when he arose, uh, and, and when, and, and arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he had defiled the armies of the living God. Take just those verses there for a minute, and I want you to see something that David knew what it was to shepherd sheep. He knew what it was. In Psalms 23, God, uh, through the shepherd David, is giving in, uh, us God's uh, sheep, if you would please, the caring of the great shepherd, God the Father. God the Father cares for us. He cares about everything about us. The Bible says that we shall not want. Now let me give you something. That means whether it be spiritual, that means whether it be temporal, that means whether it be bodily, that means where it's the soul, that means where it's now, that means for if it's eternity. It doesn't make any difference when, where, why. Brother, if you want something, God said, I can provide it for you. You shall not want. Now notice, I shall not want, I shall not want, I shall not want. 
You show me a man who's always down and out, and I'll show you a man that knows nothing about the real shepherd. Every once in a while, I'll meet somebody who says, Oh, boy, I'm suffering for Jesus. I don't have a thing in the world, and I'm just down and out. I got saved, but I'm suffering for Jesus. He didn't get the same shepherd I got. I got news for you. My shepherd has everything in this world. He cares for me. There's nothing that I don't want for that my shepherd will not provide for me. Just turn this mic on, turn that on, Because that thing going to buzz and carry on, and I don't like it. I want you to see, please, we, we may go through hard times, that's for sure. Just because you get saved, you're not in a bed of roses. Sometimes we try to lead somebody to Christ and we talk to them and say, now, if you get saved, boy, all things will become new. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. But I got news for you. You don't get the body out of this world. You're still in this body. You mash your fingers, it's still going to hurt. Uh, you make a debt, you're still going to pay it. And on and on and on. You're still in this body. You're still in this world. We make salvation so simple, and it is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's all you have to do. But I got news for you. You will still go through hard times in this life. You may go through dark days in this life. But no matter how hard, no matter how dark the days get, Jesus is still my shepherd. I shall come out on top. That's the key. Isaiah 41 and verse 17 says, When the poor and the needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I the Lord will hear them. I the God of Israel will not forsake them. Man, I love that. Let me give you something if I can, please. Psalms 13 verse 5. For his anger endureth but for a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I love that. I got news for you. Every once in a while I look, I go to bed some night so burdened that it don't, I don't even care if the sun comes up in the morning. But praise God, it comes up in the morning. And joy comes with it because I still got the Savior. Praise God. It's a joy to be saved. Psalms 34 and verse 19. Many the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delighteth, uh, delivereth him out of them all. You know what? There's nothing in this whole world the devil can't get you in that God can't get you out of. The Bible says that he'll deliver you out of all your afflictions. You shall not want. Wait a minute. Verse 2 again. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now watch this. The good shepherd provides only that which is best for his sheep then. The tender uh, green grass shoots is growing up. The green grass laying down is resting. Watch please. Laying down among abundance. Fully fed, resting. That should be the child of God. Resting in the Lord. Running to and fro in this world. That's the world's way. But we ought to be able to rest in the Lord. Look with me again in verse 2. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's not stagnant waters. We used to go, me and my wife used to go up the Hillborough River, way up the river, and there was a little creek that run back in there. And you could run way back into the back eddy of that little creek 
And now you get out there in the in the running part of that stream, and these big old bass and bluegills and all these things running up and down in there, and, and life. Life was out there where the water's clear and fresh water's blooming. But you get way back in there in the back and you find this stagnant water. And on top of the stagnant water is all kind of trash of the world. Listen to me a minute. Jesus said, the Bible said, He leading me beside the still waters. That's not stagnant waters where there is no life. He leads me away beside the still waters. That's calm and restful. Calm and restful. Man, I don't like to get out yonder in the lake, out yonder in the bay. I got in the bay one time in a boat, 20-foot foot, six boat from Jim Walter. He said, take it and go have a good time with it. I carried it back to him. I said, don't want that thing no more. I promised God you get me back to shore. I won't ever come back out here. Because them waves are coming clean over that boat. And that restful. Listen, that was an unrestful place out there. I like to get out yonder on a lake when it looks like a mirror and peace. You know, you get out there in the peace and the birds singing. The Bible says, look at this with me, please. He said, he leads me beside the still waters in the midst of this fast-moving world where sin abounds and woe, people losing their minds. God said, I'll lead you beside the still waters. That's peace. Peace. Right in the middle of it all. You can have peace. You know, ain't nothing like it, is it? Nothing like being saved. This past year, I had to bury my mama. I had to put her in the ground, my, her body. But I, somebody asked me, my own kin people up there said, Brother Strong, I don't know how in the world you could preach your mama's funeral like this. I said, my mama ain't here. Man alive. I got peace and joy in it all. My mama's not down in this ground. She's with the Lord. I'm looking forward to the day I'm going home to be with my mama. I want you to know right in the middle of it all, brother, you can have peace with God. Right in the middle of hard times, you can be beside the still waters. And then look with me in verse 3. He restoreth my soul. Oh, I love that. If I stumble, if I fail... If I wander away, the Bible says, the good shepherd seeks me out and brings me back. Let me give you something. If we lose our joy, if we lose our peace through sin, the good shepherd says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me show you my favorite scripture since I've been saved. In the Bible, it gives me the assurance. John chapter 10. No matter, somebody said, Preacher, you believe in once saved, always saved? Absolutely. That's right. I sure do. What does John 3.16 say? Huh? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in Him shall, how long should He perish? Never perish. Never perish. Well, if you're never going to perish, that must mean you're going to ever live then. So you can't lose it. And here in John chapter 10 and verse 27 says, My sheep. That means a good shepherd watching over you now. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. 
One time I was dealing with a man and, and he's uh, asking him, uh, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You have eternal life. And he said, now I don't believe in this one say it always say. He said, but you got to live sinless perfect as I am perfect and therefore you can go to heaven. I said, you're not perfect. And before long I got him mad enough and he, he realized he was not perfect. And he realized he could lose his salvation. He said, oh my, I think I lost my salvation. Well, if he lost it, he never had it. That's the key to it, folks. If he lost it, he never had it. Let me ask you something. Who gives salvation? Jesus gives salvation. God the Father gives salvation. Does he give is he did he give it and take it back then? No. The same God that gives you salvation through the blood of the Lamb is the same God that can keep you saved. And he says so right here, as many as my Father giveth me, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. One little small ex said to me one time, yeah, but I can take myself out of my God's hand. I said, aren't you a man? It said, the Bible said, no man can pluck me out of my Father's hand. You can't even pluck yourself out of Father's hand then. Why? The key to it is whose sheep you are. You see? If you belong to the good shepherd, brother, you're saved. You're born again. You're a child of God. You're kept. And notice with me, lying down in the green pasture, he leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. Thank God if you stumble in, he'll restore you. David knew that. David experienced that in Psalms 23. He said, Lord, I've sinned with Bathsheba. I've sinned in this great sin. But he said, thank God thou will restore me. Thank God for that. This also is true in the sheep who are tired and weary in trouble. Look to Jesus, the good shepherd. He will restore you. He'll give you rest. You know, I'm amazed at people all the time. They tell me, well, I'm just getting burnt out teaching. I'm getting burnt out leading the choir. You're not burnt out yet, are you? No, sir. All right, don't get burnt out on me. I get burnt out preaching and caring. You ain't burnt out, are you? You're not? Amen. Every once in a while I'll meet somebody. I'm just burnt out practicing in the choir. I'm just burnt out teaching in a Sunday school class. I'm just burnt out in junior church. I'm just burnt out on a bus getting little kids to Sunday school. Well, you must not have the same good shepherd I got then because my strength don't come from me. My strength comes from the Holy Spirit of God, brother. And if you have the Holy Spirit power, you don't get burnt out. He'll restore you. He'll give you rest. Oh, thank God. Listen to me. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Watch this, please. As a child of God, I bear His name. Now, let me give you something. As my earthly father has told me many times, don't you embarrass my name. And buddy, when he said it, he meant it. I mean, the Strawn's name up in West Florida meant something. My grandpa, if he ever shook your hand, brother, you could, it was as good as a contract. He kept his word. And my daddy's the same way. And I want to give you something. That, that was passed on to me. And they said, our name means something. And you keep it. And I scared not to. I got news for you. My Heavenly Father gave me his name. Now watch this, please. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8 just a minute. I want to show you something. Romans chapter 8. And begin to read with me, please, in verse 9. Romans chapter 8 in verse 9. 
but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Listen to that. Isn't that wonderful? God is my Father. Have you ever thought about that? Since the day I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, God is my Father. Now let me show you something. You can go next door. You can go down the street. You can go down here to Brandon. You can find that man that denies the Lord Jesus Christ and, and he says, well, I'm a son of God too. After all, God born me in this world. I'm a son. No, he's not. The Bible says he's a son of the devil. The devil is his father. You must be quick and made alive in Christ Jesus to become a son of God. And notice with me, please, if a man will follow the direction of God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit, that man will go in the paths of righteousness. He will desire to live a holy life. I get amazed at these people that say, well, I'm saved, but it don't bother me to smoke. It don't bother me to drink. It don't bother me to go to this place. It don't bother me. How come it does me then? The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. I can't go in certain places. I can't even say a, a crossword. And the Holy Spirit say to me, don't do that, you're a child of God. You can't do that anymore, you're a child of God. Listen, brother, the Holy Spirit indwells me. And if you're a child of God today, he indwells you. And he will convict you of sin. And I want you to see this. He leadeth me in paths of right for his name's sake. Why does God not want you to go to the wrong places and do the wrong thing and say the wrong thing? Not for your sake, for His name's sake. I led one of my best friends to the Lord and I had a, a beer sitting there. And he said, now leave me alone. I want to drink my beer. And I said, no, you can put it down for a few minutes. I want to talk to you about the Lord tonight. When I get through, if you want to finish it, you go right ahead. And I led him to the Lord. After we said, I want to ask you something. Why don't you drink? I've been watching you for years. I've never seen you drink or smoke or I've never caught you in any kind of wrong. Why don't you do any of these things? You say you're saved by grace. I said, I want to ask you something, Melvin. If I come in here with a Bible under my arm, old King James Version under my arm, and I got a Budweiser in one hand and a cigarette hanging out of my mouth, and I say, I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ, Melvin. What would you think of me? He said, I think he's crazy. And that's what the world thinks of you, too. When you go out trying to live like the devil and claim to be a Christian. Brother, why do I live righteous? Why do I keep myself from doing these things? Listen, I can smoke a, a, a camels and it won't take me to hell. There's never been a cigarette that's ever been born can take me to hell. I can, take, I can drink the biggest Budweiser in town. It won't take me to hell. There's only one thing that'll take you to hell. That's rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I can do anything. I'm free from sin. Why don't I do it then? For His name's sake. Brother, I want to hold up a mantle and say, Jesus saved. And when you look at me, I want you to have confidence in me that I believe what I'm saying. 
Therefore I will live according to His name's sake. Notice with me again, hey, uh, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God said it appointed unto man once to die. Now let me give you something. If you live long enough, you're going to die. What I mean by that, if Jesus doesn't come for long, everybody in this room is going to die. Every one of us. You know, I, I had a, I was meeting with a group here a while back, and I asked them, do you ever think of death? Young boy was there. I said, do you ever think about dying? No, I don't think about that. I don't want to think about that. you ever think about hell? No, I don't want to think about that. He puts that out of his mind. No, I don't want to think about that. Well, let me give you something, bud. You're going to have to do it. You better start thinking about it. You're going to have to die if Jesus doesn't come. Now, if we all know that then, the unknown is a fearful thing, isn't it? It really is. I told you about driving in Georgia, didn't I? You know how you can tell the difference in a, in a Georgia driver and any other driver? At night when they come over the hill, the Georgia driver always comes over the hill and then gives you dims. Everybody else gives you dim before you get over the hill. Never mind, you'll get it directly, but he, they, they don't care if they blind you and run you off the road. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But, uh, you know, I always was fearful. These, these roads going up and down, up and down, up and down. You know what made me fearful of it? Me and my wife and youngest was on a, on a, a trip one time over, uh, I think, coming up to the Tennessee River, if I remember right. And we were just getting it down the road one night. And all of a sudden, here was a man flashing a lantern and looked out there and there's a Tennessee River and not a thing between us and the river out there. I don't know what's ahead of me. The fear of the unknown is very scary sometimes. But I want to give you something. Look at this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Can I give you something? A child of God never dies. Why should I fear dying? Somebody said, I'll blow your brains out. Well, go right ahead, but Yeah, I'm not going to die if you do. You can't kill me. Somebody said, I'll kill you right where you're at. No, you're not. You can't kill me. Because the Bible says, I will never die. Listen, look at this, please. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's not the real thing. That's a shadow. I use this quite often, but if a semi-truck runs by you and a semi-truck shadow runs over you, it doesn't hurt. But let the truck run over you. You'll see what hurts. Now let me show you something. One of these days the Bible says there's a shadow of death coming. No, I'm not going to die. I'm going to shadow right on through here and right on in the presence of the Lord. If you come up to my casket after I'm dead and said, oh, don't he look natural. No, I never looked like that before. And I, you come up there and you look at me and say, oh, oh he's, he's dead and bless his poor old soul. There he lays. No, I'm not. If you come up there and I'm still laying in that casket, ain't nothing to my Lord. I'm like Brother Roloff said about that, brother. He said, if you come out to my grave site and if I don't beat you back home, ain't nothing to my God. I believe that too, brother. We are not going to die. We're going to live forever. Yea, do I walk through the shadow. It's not death. Just a shadow of it. Passing from this life to the next life. Notice with me, please, again, uh, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. 
You know what that says? If God be for us, then who can be against us? Name me somebody can hurt you if God don't want him to. Name me somebody. The devil can't even touch me if God don't want him to. Nothing can get near me if God don't allow it. Do you know the only reason God allows certain things to come in your life? Get you closer to Him. You know the only reason I get sick every once in a while? To get me closer to the Lord. Teach me how to pray more. You know the only time sorrow comes in my life? Teach me to pray and get closer to the Lord more. Now watch me, please. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. All in Scripture represents the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if our head is anointed with oil, we should have the fruits of the Holy Spirit then in our lives, shouldn't we? Huh? Watch this. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, which this says, my, uh, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. If I have the Holy Spirit bubbling out of me all the time, then if I'm run over by the Holy Spirit of God, then I should have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, shouldn't I? Do you know what the fruits of the Holy Spirit is? According to Scripture in Galatians, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Somebody says, how do you know you're saved, preacher? Preacher, how do you know everybody out there in your congregation is saved? Well, here's my little rules and regulations I go by. Right here. If you can hate somebody, hmm, when are you saved? If you don't ever have any peace, if you come in with your lip dragging the floor every time you come in, I wonder you really say you're not gentle. I wonder you really say. If you don't even have any temperance, I mean just a drop of hat, you lose your temper. <laughs> come on, let's fight. I wonder you really save then because the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And if you don't have any of these abundant, abounding in your life, then you didn't really get born again. Notice with me again, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now let me give you something. Because of verse 1, we have verse 6. Without verse 1, you can have verse 6. Goodness, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, the Bible says. Mercy, all the days of my life. God doesn't have mercy for a while, then changes his mind. God has mercy forever and ever. He is a God of mercy. The Bible says, if you would, He, having saved His own, loveth them to the end. You know, I love, I love some a friend of mine every once in a while. He said, well, the Bible says, He that holdeth out to the end shall be saved. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. When you get to glory, you're going to turn around and say, well, praise the Lord I got here. By the way, if you didn't get to glory, you didn't make it. And He held out to the end, brother. If you got there, He doesn't hold it out. Look at this, please. Do you? Uh, that's eternal life. Now, do you have the good shepherd? That's the whole question of this chapter. The whole Psalms 23 is this one question rests on. Do you have the good shepherd? Do you have him? You see, it's not a matter of a few words. It's not a, it's not a philosophy here that David's talking about. 
It's a person. It's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, the Good Shepherd. Do you have Him? If you don't have Him, you don't have any the rest of it. You don't have peace of mind. You don't have rest. Shadow of death follows you everywhere. Everywhere you turn, you're scared of dying. You're scared of the future. You don't know who holds tomorrow for you. you. There's never a peace and joy and a fresh meal at the Lord's table for you. Don't you see the difference? Oh my, it's the Lord Jesus Christ that makes the difference. Without Him you have nothing. Nothing. Someone might say, well, preacher, how do I get Him into my life? Do you know how it's done? By baptism. You know, I started to preach this morning on the five baptisms in the Bible. Very interesting. See, the Church of Christ is hung up on one baptism. Water. Oh, there's more baptisms than that in the Bible. There's a baptism of John. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism of water. There's a baptism of fire. Oh, listen. How do you get in Christ? By baptism. If you're not being baptized into the body of Christ, brother, you're none of His. How do you get in there? By the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. When the Lord Jesus Christ says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. I might have read it out of here, but what is that? That's God's Word. Who takes the Word of God and bears witness with my spirit that this is the Word of God? The Holy Spirit of God. And if you by faith will receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you in the body of Christ and you become a child of God, sealed forever by the Holy Spirit of God. In the, whole, in the body of Christ. That's how you get saved. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. You know, I love this. Whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord. Did you know that God give everybody in this room, every human being that's ever been born, God give a will. Now the hyper-Calvinists don't believe that. Hyper-Calvinists believe that God preordained that you go to heaven, you go to hell, and you go to heaven, you go to hell, and so on. He got some picked out to go to hell, some to heaven. No, the Bible says that whosoever will. Now, here's what it takes. You have to hear the word of God. Romans 10, 13, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have to hear the word of God. Then the Holy Spirit draws your attention to the Savior. And he says Jesus is the Savior. Believe in him, and thou shalt be saved. And in Romans 10, verse 13 says, Then whosoever shall call, you see, you must call upon the Lord. You can't just do anything you want to and be saved. You've got to call on the Savior that can save you. And when you fall on your face before the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me for Jesus' sake. Done. Just that simple. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, help us to see this great truth today. What a great chapter in the Bible. What a great psalm. We think of the man David quite often and we uplift him so much. And 
but Lord, he... to himself.